Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And um, it is uh, a fascinating time in our history. Uh, most of us are shut in uh, behind closed doors and uh, trying to take care of the health of each other. And so what I hope for you is that you're safe, you're healthy, and uh, you're looking at not only for yourself and your loved ones, but for uh, other people around you. Um, and so that we all, each of us do what's right. This is Greg Sykes Movie Beat. I'm your host, Greg Sykes. I'm going to bring you the guests, the information that you're going to want to have, whether you're a fan or a filmmaker. I'm going to get you people to tell you what to do and what not to do if you want to navigate a career in Hollywood. Uh, you can listen to directors, producers, actors, casting directors, cinematographers, editors. They they all will tell you uh, about what they do, how they do it, and how you can too, to some extent. Listen and learn. This show has been called, you know, a PhD program, you know, on the air. It's been called Masterclass, you know, a streaming Masterclass. Uh, this is, I think... The 10th or 11th season, I, I don't remember. There's over 500 hours of, of filmmakers telling you what to do and what not to do. They're archived at rexsykes.com. That's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. That's my name, rexsykes.com. You can go there, go to the interviews, and you'll be able to pull down archived shows. They're also available to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Blog Talk Radio will have, uh, I believe, all of the shows in all of the hours. They're available through Apple iTunes. Apple iTunes, I think, has 300 of them. Um, the feed, Blog Talk never updated their feed to go. They said we can do 1,000, and I said do it because I have more than, than what you allow. I think they do 300. Um, so it's kind of like a snake eating its tail. I think some of the earlier shows have been deleted um, in favor of, you know, the other shows. I'm at home, uh, not even in my home studio. I'm at home with my dogs are here. If you hear my dogs barking, one's come up. And ba- Miss Bailey is now licking my left arm while I talk to you. And uh, and uh, Sasha is around here looking out the window for something to bark at. I want to tell you about my guest. My guest is uh, uh, producer, director, and finisher, Jeff Ohm. And Jeff has worked in uh, post-production, um, he started as a cameraman and editor for a Green Bay, Wisconsin television station, and then he moved to Hollywood to work as a flame and VFX artist on movies like The Fifth Element, Titanic, Die Hard, Zodiac, Spider-Man, and Armageddon, you know, tiny little uh, couple dollar boutique films, I mean, is what he worked on. And, uh, <laughs> and then he was a, a colorist for a colorist where DreamWorks, where he worked on Madagascar 3, Puss in Boots, How to Train Your Dragon, and Kung Fu Panda, things like that. Um, He's always willing to experiment and master new technology. He's one of the first people to grade stereoscopic 3D or 360 virtual reality. He's also one of the first to take the process of dailies to the next level while working on movies like Revenant. And if you haven't seen any of these movies, I don't know where you've been. Uh, Revenant to me was just a phenomenal movie. I can't wait to to kind of ask him about it. Um, he developed virtual machines and cloud workflows with Eclipse Tech for universities and studios and streaming services. And currently, Jeff is utilizing these tools on three 
uh, Wisconsin-based projects. Now, he also has five Wisconsin-based projects, that's Miss Bailey, in development. As one is Farm State, which currently is in production, has farmers telling their family farm stories in the Midwest. It includes interviews and footage from Farm Aid in 2019 shot in East Troy and Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. His company, Perfect Pictures LLC, has a premier resolve post suite in Spring Green, Wisconsin. And he's going to tell you all about that when he's here. We've had some technical difficulties he's, uh, in terms of sound, and uh, he's, he's transporting himself to find a landline and uh, is going to call in when he's available. I'm going to open up the chat room, and I haven't done this in many, many years to see what happens. So I've now clicked on a chat button. If you're there and you want to chat, I can't even begin to tell you how to get there. So uh, I'm not even sure. There's a chat window open. It doesn't show me anything at all. It just has uh, uh, a microphone <laughs> in the chat window. Uh, oh, and here he is. So this is fantastic, just in the nick of time. Let's see if uh, how how we're doing. Jeff, you're there. Hey Rex, how's it going? Oh, very good. Now we had some technical sound problems, but it it seems they are resolved. That's great. Yep, I'm. Uh, I went to uh, Skype and. Um, I'm in my uh, office in uh, Spring Green, and uh, yeah, fantastic. looking forward to talking about everything. Thanks for the well, great now intro. You sound, you sound fantastic. You sound you do. I mean, oh, good. So I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked out. Um, yeah, well, you are a man, you know, who's wore, who wears a lot of different hats. So we're going to talk about each of those. Um, but it's you know, I in your intro it said you started working as a cameraman and editor for. Green Bay, Wisconsin television, and then you moved to Hollywood to work as a flame and, and uh, special effects, visual effects artist on a number of, as I was saying, tiny little boutique movies that didn't cost much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like five, like $50. Time. So at any rate, um, let me ask you, so just so people first have an understanding, you know, um, the listeners here are A-listers all the way down to newbie filmmakers and everything in between and fans around the world. Uh, flame and VFX artists. What, how would you describe that for the listener? Yeah, so Flame is actually a software um, tool made by Autodesk. And um, basically any of the high-end music videos that you see, um, the bulk of the on-air commercials, um, you know, that you see, you know, whether or not, uh, you know, have graphics or, you know, anything like that, um, you know, the Flame is the highest end editing tool um, that you can, uh, that you can work with. And it's a, it's actually, it's a finishing tool. So you may have the uh, offline editors, you know, work some stuff together and um, the audio guy will um, have his stuff. And then in the Flame, you put it all together and you add the high end graphics, all the sports graphics and, um, sports opens for shows, all the show opens that you see. And then um, many of the uh, visual effects in uh, major movies are all uh, done on Flame. And Flame is kind of, um, it was a premier tier of, uh, of artists that um, were kind of uh, had the reputation of that you could throw them anything and then just tell them to go and then they would figure out how to do it. Um, so, um, yeah, it was a, a great field to be in. And at the time, you know, when 
the uh, machine, you know, when the, the software came out, it was million dollar uh, Onyx uh, uh, silicon graphics machines, and um, and now it's much less expensive to get into, and uh, so the times have changed. And that was 23, 24 years ago in uh, Los Angeles when I started on the Flame, and I've done probably done, um, you know, between Flame and color correction, I've probably done maybe over 125 movies. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And, and I want to talk more about that. But let's make that transition from Green Bay to becoming a flame uh, and, and visual effects artist. Uh, you were working, it says, as a cameraman and editor for Green Bay Television Studio, and you moved to Hollywood. How did you break into the business? What uh, what did you do to, to, to get in and to get into that arena uh, of working on this very, very expensive software? It was a, actually is a, a very lucky right place at the right time. I was working for a Green Bay TV station. We did strikes and spares for cash. We did um, the bowling show and the polka show. So um, it was pretty uh, unique position. But the nice thing is, is that we could, um, I did handheld, we did sports, we did some things for the Green Bay Packers. So it was a good uh, position to have while I was still going to school at the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh to complete my radio TV film degree. When I completed the degree, the uh, Green Bay TV station said, hey, we got a remote truck that um, we need driven out to Hollywood. Do you want to drive it? And uh, I said, wow. yeah. So um, they uh, they gave me, you know, in the days it was, you know, it was cash and um, gave me a bunch of cash and uh, an intern, uh, another intern and I set out for California and we ended up at the Hollywood Roosevelt hotel, which is a, a very Wonderful. historic hotel. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, so the show that that was working on was, um, called the, um, the stars table. So we basically worked on the show for a month and, um, I worked on the show, um, as a production assistant and things like that. And the green Bay station was actually paying me, but, um, I wasn't just going to sit around, so I, I, I worked on the show doing lighting, grip, and, and things like that. And then the station said a month later, drive the truck to Roanoke, Virginia. So we did that, drove back across the United States, flew back to Green Bay, and I loaded up my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time, and station wagon, drove straight out to Hollywood. And then <laughs> um, I told her in Las Vegas that I didn't really have the job locked up because the um, – producer hadn't uh, answered my calls. And of course, you know, the uh, Hollywood producer isn't going to answer a call from a PA. So, um, <laughs> so we drove yeah. right to, right to the uh, hotel and I showed up and I said, you told me you'd give me a job. And uh, they gave me a job as a PA. And uh, then I, from there, um, the show lasted maybe three months and I went to a duplication facility and I, I learned, um, I learned the, the finer aspects of, videotape, standards conversion, um, uh, syndication, and, and satellite uh, broadcasting, which just came up. So um, I applied for a job at the best place that I knew, and that was the Post Group Hollywood. Um, mm. And that time, they were doing um, Star Trek The Next Generation, Pee Wee's Playhouse, um, all the big music videos. Uh, so I started out as an assistant editor. Well, the guys that were directing the music videos at the time were Michael Bay, David Fincher, right. uh, uh -huh. all these guys from uh, pro propaganda films. 
So it was the, the budgets were million dollars for the record companies still, you know, existed. Uh, that was probably 35 years ago. But it was so great to, like, learn filmmaking and learn editing from and, and be able to sit and work with uh, uh, David Fincher, who I later collaborated with on uh, Zodiac. Uh, wow. So it, it, it was a great time. It was the boom of um, music videos, and um, it was a great time in the late 80s. So uh, I, was, I, I was very fortunate. And then um, I did uh, went to Orlando. I worked on the new Mickey Mouse Club with uh, – the talent was Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, and they were all 10 years old. And I was the editor um, on, uh, on that show. And then um, came back to Los Angeles, back to the Post Group. Then we went to Nashville, and I worked on country music videos for Alan Jackson, Reba McIntyre, Martina McBride. And then I worked on the Olympics in Atlanta, 1996, and then I went back to Los Angeles, and that was when the flame was out. And um, all my friends from the Post Group were now working at a small startup called Digital Domain, which was mm-hmm. um, founded yeah. by um, Jim Cameron and my good friend uh, Scott Ross. And they had the flame, and I um, sat down, started doing shots on the Fifth Element, and then moved on to Titanic. And the rest is kind of history, and uh, those are still my two favorite shows to work on. And every time I see Titanic or The Fifth Element on on television, I'll uh, I'll stop to watch it and then reminisce about the shots that I did and the, the great people that I worked with um, that I'm, I'm still friends with uh, to this day. That is very cool, and and I want to tease a few things out on that, but but I'm going to agree with you. I could watch The Fifth Element over and over and over again. I could watch Titanic over and over again. I do watch Zodiac over and over again because it's always on Pluto or whatever. Whenever I turn my TV on, it seems it's on, so I stop and I watch it. Um, so very, very cool. And, and, and I, I think that, you know, for people who are listening who are trying to cut their teeth and get into the industry itself, a couple of things uh, stand out for me in terms of what you said. You know, you had an opportunity. You were working somewhere. You were going to school. You, you had a certain set of skills. You drove to Hollywood. You got a job as a PA. You were being paid by somebody else, but you got a job as a PA. And then came home and then went right back out there with your girlfriend, now wife, but girlfriend, and went to the guy who said he'd hire you and said, you told me I'd give you a job. And, and I think, one, it, it shows who you are, you know, something you wanted and you, you were willing to go for it. You did it and you took the guy up on his word and you demonstrated your, you know, I'm not just another guy who is out there, but you, you went and said, Hey, I want this job. And then you, and then you got to work with all these incredible people and everything else as a result. Uh, But it's awesome. Also obvious that you added value at, you know, at each step of the, at each step of the, uh, of, of your career or each rung of the ladder kind of thing. You, you, uh, you know, you got in as a production assistant and then moved up. And that's what a, a lot of people I, I find today in the Midwest, in Hollywood, wherever, they don't want to start anywhere. They want to start, you know, I want to start in camera. I want to start as a director. I want to start as this. And, um, and so they sometimes miss a lot of, and I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying a lot of times they miss opportunities because they, you know, they, like the first production job I ever had uh, on a, on a, television show was craft service and and then props and different things and uh but i loved craft service i didn't think i would they said well you'll be the craft service guy and i did a thing for cbs and it turned out 
everybody got to know me, cast and crew, you know, I was the guy who got them everything. And, and as a result, I got into other positions and uh, because, because they did a good job on that. So um, I, I think the way you describe your career path is, is, is fascinating. It's important for people to understand, you know, you worked at it <laughs> and you added value every step of the way. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a great ride. And, you know, I even, uh, I recommend the, the production assistant path. Um, yeah. my daughter take the same, uh, took the same path. She's, uh, now, um, producing, uh, uh, shows for, um, for Netflix. Actually, she's a pr- producing a baby any moment down in Orange County, California. Wow. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, in- interesting time, uh, interesting time for that. And, um, I also have a um, uh, my son Getty Ohm is a actor out in uh, Los Angeles, and um, I mean it's been a very difficult time for everyone in in Los Angeles. Um, he was working on a show um, doing uh, testing of um, of uh, games and you know that that type of stuff, and um, you know he, he really had a a good start to his career going. He was on a show and. And uh, things were really looking up. And then, um, you know, then the, the virus hit. And, um, you know, I saw an article uh, the other day in uh, Variety or Hollywood Reporter that basically there's like 120,000 um, uh, film workers that are um, displaced, you know, during this. And, um, and as of uh, Friday or, uh, well, today it kind of starts, um, post-production um, has basically shut down um, in Hollywood so uh, oh, sure. everything, everybody, because everybody had to go, um, they can't go to um, only essential work can, um, uh, essential workers, you know, the, the delivery guys, the store guys, the pharmacies, the hospitals and things like that. Um, uh, they, and, you know, obviously if it's not an emergency to, um, to, you know, to do something, but as they say, the show must go on. So, um, the post-production workers over the weekend in the last four days have used a variety of tools to um, work from home and, and work remotely. And, you know, the good thing is, is that the, the Internet now, the Internet speeds, I mean, if you're really sitting pretty, if you got a gig uh, fiber connection, you know, at home. But, I mean, you can do it with, um, you know, I've done it with, um, you know, a 200 megabyte uh, and a 400 megabyte uh, uh uh, connection and I'm actually able to to do movies, um, you know that way. And uh, I actually have an international film that I'm working on uh, right now with a, a European producer, um, um, Farat uh, uh, Farat Shaparov. And um, I've, this is my fifth collaboration um, with him. Our last film was on the long list for the Golden Globes. And, oh, um, cool. We work, yeah, we work remote um, on every project. And this project that we're doing currently, we're actually utilizing the uh, Eclipse uh, technologies, uh, virtual machines on the cloud. So um, normally he would send me a drive or um, his brother had lived in in, uh, Hollywood for a little while. And uh, he would somehow, they'd get a drive shipped to him and then he'd deliver it to me. On this particular project, we took... um, 
we had 11 terabytes of uh, red footage, which is which is a lot. I mean, yeah, no, we did Titanic no with maybe two terabytes in the whole in the whole facility. So wow. we basically loaded that 11 terabytes up to the cloud, and then um, and I'm actually able to work you know from it here in my um, you know remote uh, color suite. I have 4K monitor, I have Resolve, I have Adobe Premiere. And I can basically, anything that I was doing in Hollywood, um, I can do from here. And the remote solo- solutions are really great. There's a new review tool called Frame Frame.io that um, is a collaborative tool for editors, colorists, and directors where you can just um, immediately get feedback um, from the uh, the director and things. And he can actually give uh, give you feedback while you work. Um, you can use um, Google Hangouts to collaborate with the with the director. There's a lot of solutions now that um, that uh, the displaced post production people um, uh, can can continue to work. So um, if anybody you know needs um, uh, some advice on that, you can um, you know reach out to me. Uh, you know, there's my info. Uh, I'll put my info up on the on the web and uh, on the, the the list for this, and then. Yeah. yeah, feel free because um, I've got a ton of different um, ways for um, uh, workflow. Uh, the companies like uh, Avid um, is giving three free licenses for 30 days or for 90 days for displaced workers. And um, so everybody in the Hollywood community and the global community really is coming together to figure out how to continue to work through this because, you know, it, it's – Everybody still has, you know, the bills to pay and the, the groceries and the toilet paper that everybody's hoarding. They uh, they still need to pay for that. So um, uh, so you gotta gotta try and keep working if you can, and um, and the show must go on as we uh, as everyone says. And it will, it it will. It may be uh, temporarily dark, but it will continue. Um, let me ask you. Uh, uh, I've got a couple of questions, but the first one I just want to ask you about the cloud. And, and, and the workflow in the cloud. Do you have any difficulty with the, the cloud and Wi-Fi, for example, or are you direct cable? I mean, how do you, how, you know, what I mean, direct cable is just an obsolete question, but um, I, I mean, you know, sometimes I can't even stream a, a, a you know, a, a simple movie. How, how is it to, to, to work in the cloud with all of this massive amount I mean, of uh, data? Yeah, yeah, normally, I mean, the nice thing is, is um, by working on a virtual machine on the cloud, you're really only sending um, the keyboard, mouse, maybe a Wacom tablet, or, uh, you know, I have a, a Blackmagic uh, Resolve mini uh, uh, micro panel. So it's really only sending that keyboard uh, and USB data uh, to the cloud. And then the cloud machine is doing all the data, it has all the data. It has um, the particular machine I have um, configured as a, a 16, uh, 16 core uh, machine with a NVIDIA uh, Tesla card. And I've been able to move from a laptop, um, you know, working on the cloud on a powerful machine, I'm able to move 8K red files around, um, edit, play them, and um, you know, work like, just like it was a bigger local machine and oh, wow. um, and and pay by pay by the hour uh, for that. So um, I don't have to um, I don't have to worry if I uh, you know 
in in six months I'll get uh, basically a, a newly configured machine because um, the cloud the virtual machine providers um, are continuously updating when Nvidia comes out with a new card um, I'll just have to change my configuration and I can um, and I can use that so uh, recently I went out to um, Los Angeles to speak to um, a couple universities out there um, uh-huh. well, maybe well, in February sometime and I was working on the trailer for uh, my um, my uh, European independent film and while when I got to the to the Madison Airport to fly the nonstop flight to LA, which thanks thank God they they had that flight. That Lord knows what the uh, what the uh, situation will be, you know, for the airlines after we come out of this. But um, I got a, a note. They said, "Hey, can you send us another version of um, you know the the one minute uh, trailer?" So um, I was there and I, I looked around and I found that there was. A, uh, most conveniently, there was a uh, outlet at the um, at the at the bar in Madison. Imagine that, and um, I logged on to the virtual machine with airport Wi-Fi, and I was able to control um, the uh, DaVinci Resolve and make a couple changes, and then tell the machine to render it and then send it um, all to the client um, in Europe from the uh, airport Wi-Fi. When I arrived in um, Los Angeles, I um, was at the hotel lobby, and I actually gave a live demo um, to a client um, on hotel lobby Wi-Fi. So it is you're able to do that. I wouldn't sit down and run off um, Wi-Fi. Um, I, I, I always um, you get the best uh, the best performance and your best connection. When you're um, when you're Ethernet cabled uh, to your um, you know to your Spectrum box or you know your Comcast box whatever you have, um, that's always the best way to work. Um, uh, you can work untethered for writing and reviewing of you know of things like that, but if you're actually going to be running um, uh, Maya, uh, Nuke, or Resolve, or After Effects, Premiere, all those softwares. You'll normally um, want to be um, have a, a, a tethered Ethernet connection uh, for your best performance. So I'm thinking, um, yeah. So I, I don't hear you right now, um, Rex, but um, but I'll keep going, like you said, and maybe I should uh, call back in a little bit. But yeah, um, it's really easy to work. Um, you know, to work remote and, uh, you know, it's, it's very, um, satisfying to be able to still work on big projects, large projects with, uh, uh, you know, with people. So I'm going to take a little break. I'll try and, uh, uh, call you back and you can cover on your end and, um, I'll call you back and we'll, uh, we'll hook right up. I'm open. Hey, Rex.
Hey Rex. I'm hoping uh hoping everybody can hear me out there. So um I'll tell you a little bit about some of our other um the other projects that I um that I got going. I um also have a uh feature with a new director that um new client uh Danny Velanova Junior. Um and he's gonna um be working on a um a great project with me. Uh he's a director out of Kenosha, uh Wisconsin. And then I have um I have two comedy projects that uh that I recently directed with uh producer uh Cassie Gray and she's a, a, a great writer, super funny, um out of Madison. And uh she has two comedies um that she wrote that are super funny. Um just wrapping post on one of them uh right now. And uh, then, uh, yeah, the other one we're just starting on post, but that's the good thing is, is that I actually have some projects uh, stacked up uh, in post. Um, and then, uh, you know, the other person, uh, the other uh, film that I just wrapped about two months ago is um, uh, uh, actress, director, Rianne Rell, um, and her, uh, her show is called uh, Jules and Meg's Road Trip, um, which is a, a great film about two um, women taking a uh, road trip through uh, Wisconsin. And um, so that's in post-production um, now. And um, so really looking forward to, to that coming out. It's uh, Jules and Meg's Road Trip is, uh, um, you know, is a, a, a great film um, about, um, you know, it's directed by a woman, uh, edited. Uh, she did the bulk of the editing. Uh, I came through and did... Um, did uh, you know a little bit more of the editing, uh, the finishing, and, and things like that, and then I have the 18 megahertz with director uh, Farat uh, Shiproff, and um, that's uh, that's going really well. And then the other thing that I have is um, I've got three um, uh, projects in development with um, uh, a collaborator and director um, Dan Davies, who's um, He's uh, from my hometown in Appleton, Wisconsin, and uh, so we're collaborating and co-directing, and we also have a, a feature film that, um, you know, is uh, kind of, um, it'll be an interesting story when it comes out, but um, uh, yeah, so I'm hoping uh, hoping for great things on that, and uh, I'm going to um, try calling you back. I heard it say unmute, but uh, I'm not sure what uh, how the technology is failing us, but I will... Um, Try and uh, try and get you um, connected back to me, and we'll go from there. Hello, hello. I had to dial back in. So I'm going to try and do that and hope that just uh, this back. I do not know what happened. And we will figure it out. Let me see if you can hear me. Yep, I can hear you. Sure. Right. Are you um, able to hear me? Are you yep. able to hear me? Sound a little peaky. Uh, yep, uh, I can hold on one second. Okay. You can continue to talk, but now that we've actually made contact, I'm going to... Hey, Rex. 
folks. So go go for it, Jeff. So um yeah, uh did you could you hear anything where I was talking about the projects that I was working on? Um the Danny Villanova, um the director from Kenosha, new project that I'm starting uh, to work on. Um I have a project with uh Cassie Gray, who is uh, um a great writer out of uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Two super funny um political comedies um that I uh, directed and shot with a a great local uh, bunch of local people. I have um, uh, you know team of um, guys that came down from Manitowoc and did uh, you know camera and uh, uh, Mitch from uh, Appleton uh, came down to um, to do the audio. And then uh, there's a project that I just um, just wrapped, which uh, it's in audio post now called Jules and Meg's Road Trip. And uh, Rian Rell is the the director for that and. Um, uh, I look forward to collaborating with her on many more. She went to she's an actress, actress, uh, director that um, went from uh, Wisconsin out to California to USC to um, film school, and now she's back in the market um, directing uh, independent films. And you know, I always um, I always enjoy working uh, uh, you know with uh, female directors and trying uh, writers and, and directors because. Um, you know, as a member of the of now, when uh, my wife was, um, uh, my wife's a very active um, feminist and uh, a, a wonderful nurse, and is, is on the front lines now with uh, front lines now with, with patients lines. to uh, you know to keep um, to keep uh, her patients um, safe and and everything like that. And then the other film was uh, Farat Shaparov, um, the 18 megahertz film. Um, which is a fantastic film, uh, um, independent film out of Europe on um, on teen drug use and kind of shows the what you know shows from the point of view of the of the teenagers and the users and just really you know the bad things that it that it does to you and um, that's going to be a that's going to be a great film and um, and then I have three projects um, with Dan Davies who's a, a excellent actor. Um, and he uh, he and I are going to coordinate as um, a director a co-directing team on three projects that he's written, and then we have a um, a really great um, feature uh, film that um, that we're working on that uh, is also in development right now, and um, so really looking forward to that. Well, that is awesome, and I know Dan and uh, uh, he's going to be on the show actually, I believe. Sunday, it's the 29th of uh, March, so you'll be a guest on the show. And um, it's good that you're, it's good that you're collaborating with him. Uh, let me just take a moment and say, I don't know what the heck happened in terms of technical stuff or why suddenly you couldn't hear me. Um, I was asking a question back when we were talking about the cloud. I want to return to that question, then we can come back to these projects too, because um, I'm going to have issues with the dogs, but um, <laughs> the uh, the question that I had while you were talking was, you know, you, you're talking about this massively expensive software and, uh, and, and everything, and I had said, so for the person, the guy or the girl who is interested in doing the kind of work that you do or getting started in special effects post-production, what kind of current affordable software do you recommend that would be uh, industry-grade that they could begin to cut their teeth on and or should cut their teeth on 
so that they could move upward, you know, eventually to the to the big guns. Sure. Um, the the nice thing is is that the game has entirely changed since I was saying that million dollar silicon graphics machine and and things. Um, that same uh, that same configuration or power, or actually probably about twenty times more powerful. Um, you know, you can get with a, a cloud machine that you you know pay by the hour, or you, know, or you can get a very powerful you know maybe a, a five to eight thousand dollar works um, you know Mac or something like that. But um, as far as inexpensive software and the best software to start working on is, is um, the Adobe Cloud. Uh, the the Adobe um, Creative Suite um, is you can pick up pieces of that, but I mean I think I think all in it's like fifty six dollars a month um, that you run you know on on your computer it runs on most laptops, but in that Creative Suite you have um, Adobe Premiere Pro, you have After Effects, um, you have Photoshop, Illustrator, um, a lot of web design tools and and, and things like that so. That's probably the that's the easiest way to get in um, to it right now. And um, and if there's a ton of the other great thing about um, now compared to then um, is that uh, there's also they give you a three uh, or a um, a one month evaluation um, of it, to, so you can actually um, see you know if you like it, um, you know what you like about it, and if you're a student, you can actually get um, you know, very discounted rates, and many times your university will have some type of um, deal with uh, Adobe, and the university will have a deal that you can actually uh, get it free. So that's that's the best software that I can um, uh, for an all-around type thing. And then um, the software that I run is called um, uh, Blackmagic. DaVinci Resolve or Blackmagic uh, Resolve, and um, that's actually a free software and is similar in similar software to what you know they're doing. You know, Bad Boys and all the current movies. Um, Resolve is actually it being free. There's a 300 for the um, for the Resolve Suite um, that I I pay for the. Um, the, I pay for the suite because you know I use it professionally and, and things like that. But they're actually really fine with um, you doing the um, you know doing work with the, the free version of Resolve. So you can find that at uh, at blackmagic.com, um, um, and it's also a very powerful um, you know edit system. It wasn't initially designed as an edit system, so I normally when I'm doing heavy lifting editing, editing will go to Adobe Premiere. Um, and then move the project to um, to Blackmagic Resolve for finishing. But um, but yeah, those are those are two good softwares. The other thing is is that you, there's a million YouTube videos out there that you can go and um, and use uh, YouTube to um, to learn them. There's uh, ways that you can go and um, uh, learn the. Um, uh, you know, just learn the software. There's tons of online classes and things like that. So, um, so yeah, that's a great question. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Oh, jeez, I think I lost you again, Rex. Um, so, uh, yeah. Stay um, where you I'll are. Can you hear? Me? 
There you go. Okay, I'm not going me. anywhere. Don't. Yeah, I can don't hear you go. now. If you lose, if you like I said, if if I go, if my call drops, just keep talking. Don't don't go anywhere. You you can't okay. you can't remedy the situation by leaving. <laughs> in other words, uh, I can only uh, try to get back in, and and I don't have a clue. I mean, I've called in on my cell phone, and I'm also in as the host. And for whatever reason, the host is the I can't I can't hang up, or the show will end. So there's some problem with the original call in on for some reason, and it's not it's not the phone. It's something with the anyway. It's not it's neither here nor there. Anyway, you're great, and it's it's fun listening to you. And what I wanted to say was um, I want to come back to your projects, you know, and and the ones coming up and the ones that you're working on currently, but I wanted to ask this other question for people who don't know what this means, and that is what does finishing or being a finisher mean for movies or television, sports content, digital content? Well, uh, previously, the um, there's, there's two types of um, titles that you see on the credits, and it had said, um, you know, editor... Uh, which is the editor will normally spend the bulk of the time on the project and work uh, work directly, um, you know, on with the doing the doing the actual uh, creative, and then um, you might see a uh, credit in the in the final um, the final steps of post production um, have now kind of moved into a, a new uh, a title called finishing, and it's a, a combination of Conform editor, which takes the uh, where the the offline editor will work with low res files, proxy proxy files, and, and, and things like that, so we can edit quickly and not have to drag 11 terabytes of, um, of original red footage around. So what the conforming editor will do is he'll take that 11 terabytes and then uh-huh. conform the off offline list into one. Um, two-hour two-hour movie, and then as the visual effects come in, like on the Marvel movies that I worked in and stuff, it's really a big um, it's a big challenge to get all the visual effects in. And so there's a, a conform team that will organize and bring in all the visual effects. And then the other part that you'll see on the credits is called uh, finishing artists, and th- that's a phrase that um, my friend uh, excuse me Steve Scott came up with that um, kind of combines the, the but it, it, it does, it is what it says. It's the, it's the last person that kind of touches the image, you know, of, of the film before they start making the, the deliverable. So um, the finishing artist will do um, color. They'll um, make sure that the titles are right. They'll, um, and actually make sure, you know, all the fade ups and dissolves and everything that the, um, that the offline editor did, Makes it into um, makes it into the final movie. You know, there was a thing a little while ago, the, the movie Cats that came out that was um, sadly a, a, a tremendous flop. That um, they had delivered the movie, and then after while it was still in theaters, they re-delivered a new version of the movie after the first weekend. And there's a lot of weird stories about you know it was like cat butts or something like that that the visual effects guys redid or something. And uh, so the team had to fire up and basically re-deliver uh, another whole version of the movie um, in a couple days. So, um, so yeah, that's basically what a finisher does is a finisher 
finishes the movie um, along with the uh, conform team. And like on a Marvel movie, I mean, the team will be, you know, can be as large as 10. Um, whereas on um, the movies that I'm finishing, um, as far as picture-wise, um, I'll be doing the bulk of that work. Um, but like right now, I'm kind of concentrating on um, more uh, comedies and um, actually mostly comedies. Um, and then there is um, some uh, uh, some things like Danny Villanova Jr.'s uh, movie. You know, that's actually a bit of a, a thriller. And uh, the Dan Davies project that we're doing is kind of a, a behind the scene, a reenactment of uh, um, of an event that uh, you know where, where we're trying to bring to light um, uh, the the story of, of what had happened to um, to somebody um, you know at the at the hands of law enforcement. So uh, yeah, a lot of exciting projects, and um, but yeah, that's what a that's what a finisher does. Oh, well, that's excellent. I appreciate you um, collaborating so that everybody knows. Now, um, again, coming back to the projects, but before that, um, the difference between what you do now and what you did in Hollywood uh, in terms of your job, because you were mentioning, you know, now you're doing your own projects, in terms of your job description and, and the deliverables that you're responsible for, uh, a lot of people don't, may not, I mean, people inside the industry will know, you know, that when a movie goes for distribution, there's certain elements, that, like a, a checklist that has to be crossed off that the production company and the producers are responsible for uh, in order for securing and taking the movie to market and uh, and getting a release. What, what uh, your current position where now you are, you know, the main dude, First, maybe one of many dudes. What 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 uh, what kind of deliverables are you responsible for? Uh, in both cases, can you could you address that? Yeah, like in the you know the comedies that I'm doing, um, we'll go to uh, YouTube and um, all the that's you know very easy to do now. And actually, in um, in Resolve, um, they have um, a preset format for Vimeo, YouTube, and, and things like that. So. You know, I'll just um, you know take the final audio, combine that with the final picture, and then um, select the the preset um, specs that uh, have been approved by Vimeo and YouTube, and then I'll just render it out, and then uh, and then you know go to the tools to to post it. So you know, one of the things is that they don't want like you know with a with a large movie that's going to the theaters you know, you may work at 4K or, you know, things like that. Well, and you can work at 4K on the, uh, on a internet uh, type thing. But, you know, it's kind of funny because I have something, you know, popping up on my thing that says internet usage is spiking and that people are having issues um, getting playback uh, from, um, you know, some of the, the streaming services and things now because, you know, I, I would love to see a chart as far as what, how the internet usage, you know, has really gone up. But, um, you know, the, the big thing is, is for internet stuff, I normally, my deliverables are in HD. And then on um, my, uh, my 18 megahertz European film, 
that'll be a 4K release, um, and then uh, we'll make a uh, 2K. Um, uh, the 4K it is kind of like um, the UHD that you see the 4K TVs, and then 2K is just a little bit bigger than uh, than HD. But those will be the two theatrical formats, and with those, um, what 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 they create is a um, they create a uh, DCP, which is a digital cinema package. So I will take the um, the it's the same throughout the picture, and then you attach the uh, audio file. And with a feature, it'll be you know you could have Dolby surround, you can have Atmos, 16 channels of audio, and and all kinds of things. So that deliverable is actually um, a more um, you know more sophisticated deliverable. But uh, when I'm working on the big Hollywood films, um, that'll be a, a 4K digital cinema package. And then the, um, the, the facility, like Technicolor, eFilm, Deluxe, they'll normally make the uh, additional versions um, when I was working in Hollywood on the, on the bigger films. And all that stuff, um, you know, I normally do myself right now. And, um, you know, that's one of the services that I, that I offer that's um, – you know, maybe unique to this particular market. And, um, you know, the nice thing is, you know, I'm looking at my list now, you know, I'm, I'm working with, um, you know, five or six uh, different, uh, different directors on, you know, just on the, you know, on the post aspect um, of it. So I feel very privileged that um, during this, um, this terrible uh, crisis that's going on. Yeah. Uh, just, Go ahead. just a quick comment. Sorry to interrupt. There's a there's kind of a almost what sounds like a metronome sound going off in the background, like or a ticking of a watch or something. I don't know if it's from your end or from my end. So, oh, huh? Yeah, I don't hear anything. Um, do, do you want me to call back in? <laughs> no, well, if you don't hear it, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I no, I don't want you to call back in. Um, I'm I'm hoping that it's not annoying listeners. Um, I cannot tell. I just honestly don't know what's going on today with this platform. Um, so it's the internet just failing us. There's something. There's something. Something very strange. And I, it, yeah, I, I, it sounds huh. like it's being broadcast. But where it's coming from, I don't know. It, it is. It's not coming from here. So it must be somewhere, somewhere, somewhere between us. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in the Ethernet. Um, so anyway, sorry, folks. Uh, but you were saying, it's, I mean, I can tolerate it. It's not that bad. It's just, it's just it's a, a sound. So I, I can give you this. Maybe you can take the audio <laughs> and edit the audio. Um, but at any rate. You there you go. <laughs> uh, oh, I talked about the deliverables. Yeah, the deliverables. Yes. Um, so yeah, so now I now I basically do all that stuff from from here, and I do most of the stuff myself. Um, on uh, you know, many times I don't finish the audio, so sometimes it'll go out, and the audio house will, um, you know, will will do it. And um, so yeah, it's uh, it it all varies on um, uh, per project and. Like when I work on the big movies in Los Angeles, obviously there's an army of people that work. I mean, you sat through the Marvel credits, and um, 
you know, there's, uh, you know, over almost a thousand people, uh, you know, and every every shot is a, a visual effects shot and things like that. When um, like Titanic was only like a hundred and maybe 150, you know, plus shots, you know, something like that. Um, actually, it's probably more. There might have been two, 200, something like that. But now the sh- on the Marvel movies, it's um, over, uh, you know, every shot's a visual effect. So there'll be uh, 2,500 shots or maybe 3,000 shots, depending on how the editor, um, you know, is uh, how the editor's working and, um, you know, how much they cut and things like that. So, um, yeah, there's, um, uh, you know, a, a, it, takes an ar- it takes an army every time. So, Eric, I'm going to keep talking then. So, um, yeah, so uh, a lot of times people always wonder what, um, you know, what my favorite movie was. And, you know, one of my favorite movies uh, to work on uh, was The, the Fifth Element. Um it was a, a great team. We worked um, with Luc Besson, um, a, a fantastic uh, French director um, that has, you know, a really interesting eye. The production design on the on the Fifth Element was, you know, was really great. And um, we also had um, it was one of those shows that uh, made use of both models and um, CG um, uh, visual effects. Um, the uh, like a lot of times the taxi cabs. Um, we'd interchange. We'd you know we'd have to obviously. Or there's a teeming city of taxi cabs. You know there'd be hundreds of little models that we'd duplicate and fly around. And the in the practical models we built a, a replica of um, New York City at uh, at Digital Domain and went through and. Um, and uh, oh, <laughs> it's funny. I get a little bit of feedback now, but. Uh, um, so is, there was, is this, this persistence. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. There is some persistent sound that goes on and on and on and on. And I, um, What's the, why don't I try calling back? I'm on Skype, so it's it, uh, okay. That, that might, is that okay? And while you do that, okay, I'll, give, I'll give a station break while you do that. So, all right, perfect. All right. And that may have been it. Anyway, you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. My guest is Jeb Ohm. He's a post-production specialist, producer, and director. He's uh, done movies from uh, The Fifth Element, Titanic, Die Hard, Zodiac, Spider-Man, Armageddon, um, Madagascar 3, Puss in Boots, Train Your Dragon, Kung Fu Panda, Revenant, and others. He's currently working in the Midwest as a producer, director, and finisher of movies. And he's got a number of projects going. And uh, so Jeff is back with us. I'm going to continue here for the station identification. All of these shows, and yes, Jeff, that did solve it. All of these shows uh, can be uh, listened to at rexsykes.com. That's my name, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com, blogtalkradio.com, or through Apple iTunes. So uh, be sure to go. Please share. Please spread the word. Please uh, tip your uh, movie-making peers and friends and family to uh, the conversations that we're having. Um, This is about what to do, what not to do, and and tips and suggestions and advice to help you navigate your career, as well as 
uh, talk movies and and uh, a sundry uh, of, of uh, motion picture topics that uh, are a little bit hopefully for everybody. My guest coming up will be Dan. Well, my first guest coming up is going to be Susan Shureko. She's the uh, producer of a home and garden a TV show, and and uh, she's a, a coach among many other things. She is the wife of Peter Shureko, producer, actor, Western historian, author, who has uh, been my guest on my show now uh, three times, but just recently. Uh, but Susan's coming up this Thursday. Um, Thursday is the 26th. So Susan's, Susan's coming up Thursday the 26th at uh, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Central Time, and noon Eastern Time. Uh, you're going to want to tune in because you're going to be talking about uh, producing television, being a producer and a line producer, and what that means in terms of uh, like cable, you know, producing for the Hallmark Channel, things like that, as well as um, uh, stuff you need to know to uh, be more successful in your career. And then Dan Davies will be coming up on the 29th. That's Sunday the 29th. And then I'll tell you more guests at another time. Anyway, we're back with Jeff. And, uh, and Jeff, yeah, there does seem to be noises coming from your end. And uh, once you call back in, that uh, watch-like sound uh, has, has, has left us. So. Oh, good. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we're really seeing the uh, the failings of um, of the uh, collaboration of of people trying to talk over um, uh, over over the internet. Um, it's funny because you know I've been watching a lot of CNN and and they have all their um, uh, analysts and things calling in via WebEx and um, and it's it's amazing. Uh, it's kind of funny. One of my friends, you know kind of joked, you know, with the way the camera angles are people set up at, um, that, you know, at their houses, you know, how terrible it looks and, um, and things like that. Of course, I can't brag that much because, you know, right now I'm, you know, Skype is failing me, but, uh, it's one of those things that I, you know, I was hoping, <laughs> hoping it would work a little bit better, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, thanks, thanks very much for all the great things that you've been saying and, uh, and yeah, you know, if people have any questions or what, wherever we're going to go, go ahead and uh, fire away. Awesome. Let me also ask you: um, to, Do you have a website or some information that you want to give out where people can reach you or uh, get a hold of you without giving out a phone number or an email? You know, but uh, somewhere that people yeah, can, you know what the. Make. The best, the best thing that um, you can look me up. There's only there's only one Jeff Ohm on uh, it's J E F F O L M. Uh, the best thing to do is to um, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, it's the site that I you know do all my professional um, collaboration uh, things with. It's actually it's a great site to um, to get work, and they actually have like um, you know in addition to you know film business um, jobs. Um, the LinkedIn, I've, I found it as a, a great resource to network, especially internationally. Um, that uh, so, yeah, just look me up, Jeff Holm, and then um, we can do a little uh, message and message and thing things like like that. And uh, that's how I normally work my professional connections. So, um, and uh, yeah, and then you can look me up on uh, Internet Movie Database, IMDb, and um, 
you'll see uh, my full list of credits there. And then um, I can also I'll post on the I'll post in the comments of uh, when the link goes back up. I can put um, can look up for my demo reel is on uh, Vimeo, so it'll be uh, Jeff Holm, uh, colorist and visual effects artist. So um, yeah, I had uh, been going on and off uh, with my website, and uh, I think it's time to go back on. I do own own uh, Jeff Holm, uh, Jeff Holm all word one word dot com. So I uh, I need to brush up on that and. Uh, the good thing is, is I'm, you know, I'm so busy. I'm looking at this list. I, I, I wrote this list down so that I um, didn't forget anybody. But like I said, you know, having, um, you know, six or seven projects, you know, lined up as a, as a post guy um, right now, I, I feel very blessed and I'm, um, uh, you know, very happy to collaborate with, um, with everybody. And one of the nice things about, you know, coming back home to Wisconsin uh, after being away, for um, the story I told earlier, we moved out uh, to Los Angeles from um, from Wisconsin in 1986, and you know now we we came back and um, my wife had um, living in Los Angeles. We lived in Simi Valley, California, for uh, 20 plus years, and um, I worked for a company called DreamWorks Images that um, Disney bought and, and and shut down out there. Um, but you know it was really great. But I'd always have to drive an hour into Santa Monica or into Glendale or you know, you know things like that. Um, you know it was worth it when you go. When I worked for DreamWorks Animation for five years, and and you know that was definitely one of the highlights of my career doing the, those 3D movies. And DreamWorks is a fantastic company um, to work for. They treat their um, employees really well. But you know a lot of times I'd have to drive in Los Angeles, you know, past the airport to sometimes, you know, work in El Segundo and, and, and things like that. So um, moving to the Midwest, it's really a, it's really a blessing. And now in this times of, um, of quarantining and, uh, you know, safe at home, uh, Wisconsin just um, got the notice uh, of uh, safe at home that everyone, uh, non-essential, uh, non-essential, travel and, and, and things like that. So it's a, uh, it's a good time for um, if you're in production or doing things and you just can't work, you know, in addition to spending time with your family, it may be the time that you take up writing and um, uh, you, everybody has time uh, to write. And obviously, you know, right now there is a captive market for, um, for any type of content uh, for people to, you know, to see and, and do. So if, you know, you have an idea, I think I'm going to be putting up, um, you know, I'd, we bought, uh, a 22 acre hobby farm and, um, we don't have any animals besides our, um, our, um, border college, Jack Daniels and our, um, we have four kittens, um, that we got, which are now cats, but uh, every day we walk, take them for a walk and they follow us down to the stream and, and I'll put on Facebook, um, I'll put my streaming of, you know, of these cats and, and things like that. So uh, as soon as I get a chance this week, I'm going to put together uh, a YouTube channel um, for these videos that, uh, that I do so I don't clog up my Facebook um, friends, you know, so much. But, um, yeah, you know, right now um, there's a captive audience for content. So um, uh, if, you're, if you do comedy, the other thing I'm seeing is people are doing um, – little mini concerts um, from their home where, you know, a husband and wife, um, one, you know, play, they play guitar and, and they'll stream things like that. So 
So right now is a is a great time for everybody to get creative and to you know do your thing. You know if you do um, if you do comedy, you can do stand up by just you know by just FaceTiming on your phone or streaming to YouTube and, and things like that. So I'd um, I'd take use of this. Um, take advantage of this opportunity to show off your creativity and you probably have a much larger um, audience available to you now than ever before in history. Yeah, it is, it is amazing that, uh, that in the old days, you know, before radio, people would sit around the fireplace, you know, around the campfire, wherever they were and sing and tell jokes and stories and, you know, play games and, and entertain themselves in that way. And now we're kind of having to do that all over again, except we have a technology that connects us. You know, Italy, you know, these people went to their, their balconies and their porches and their windows and sang, you know, collectively, you know, in, in, a, in a show of unity and harmony and strength. And now people are connecting on the Internet and, and, and presenting themselves. Those big stars are doing... You know, Willie Nelson just did, you know, some free stuff online. I mean, people are, you know, everywhere. It's it's amazing how I always say that whenever there's a crisis, there's opportunity. And uh, uh, I didn't originate that thought, but the point is, is there's always good things to come from it. And we've yet to discover all the good stuff that's going to come from the current situation we're in. But you just named some, you know, the fact that, that there's more, con- there's an opportunity to do content and there's an opportunity for people to connect and for people to stream it. Um, I'm going to throw a, a wrench in that one for a second, <clears throat> not, be, not not a wrench into the good things that are happening, but it'll be interesting to see if the Internet holds <laughs> or if things start going down with all of the people now home and on the Internet. I noticed a couple of months ago, you, you know, like my YouTube channel, not my personal YouTube channel, but YouTube, if I wanted to go and watch a show, suddenly I would see half of a show and then it would start over again and I couldn't do it. And in my feed of what I'm interested in, fewer and fewer things show up that I'm actually interested in. You know, if I want to go watch the news or something like that, I, I search for it, but it's no longer available. I can't get it. And Or if I do get it, it screws up. Or if I listen to one of the news channels or something streaming on the Internet through TuneIn or, you know, whatever form is available, it streams for a few minutes and then it shuts down. And somebody said that about the podcast one day. They said, you know, my podcast shuts down. And I said, well, I, that, that happens to me on my phone. It seems to be something that's going on with Apple. But all of this, everything that I just said happened long before this home, you know, staying at home and, and getting on the Internet. So it would be interesting to see if the Internet maxes out or if we start having streaming issues or you know, can't see our television shows anymore because suddenly instead of having you know, a billion users, there's two billion users. Um, and if it is, we'll, we'll figure that out at the time too. But then it's, it's, it's amazing how many people are taking the airwaves. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time. It's a, it's a great time to, uh, it's a great time to, you know, be a, be a comedian and, and things like that because, you know, you don't have to go to the venue and, uh, and things like that. You can just put, you know, start your channel, put stuff up there. And like I said, it's a, it's a great time uh, to write and to, to get your, um, you know, get your scripts really polished up. And, you know, you can have production meetings. You know, we, I use Google, Google Hangouts, you know, quite a bit. Um, 
And uh, it's pre-production saves you money in production and post-production. So, yeah, take advantage of the time that you have um, to to do these type of things. And um, it's a uh, it's a it's a I don't know it's a interesting time. You know that where the where the world is now. I have you know a lot of friends. I've spent a lot of time in China. Um, five years ago, I lived there for um, six months while I started a, a visual effects um, academy um, while I was doing some, you know, virtual reality and um, augmented reality over there. And then I, I was back there about maybe uh, eight months ago, something like that. And, um, you know, they were building studios and they're doing all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I can see their version of a shutdown is a lot different than a, a U.S. version of a of a shutdown and right. one of the things that right. saddens me is the um is what is uh what's going on in florida at the beaches and my um you know my son that lives out in ventura um you know is saying that you know there's you know the beaches you know people are still packing in and um you can't go to places because the venues are closed but you know some of the outdoor dining places you know they're still dining together sitting in a group and things like that and really the sooner we adhere to uh, these rules the sooner it's you know kind of going to get over so um so you know i hope the best for everybody and uh, i do want to give a shout out to um all the nurses and doctors out there because um they really are the front lines they need to they need to keep going to work and you know and it's not only them the grocery store guys the warehouse guys um delivery drivers um, all those guys, you know, were looked upon as menial tasks and, and, and things like that. And it's just real important that, um, that you know, we are nice to, to other people. I, you know, I, I did see a couple things on YouTube about uh, people racing to get toilet paper and fighting for toilet paper and things like that. And um, that's one of the things I'm, I'm happy to not be in Los Angeles right now because there's just a lot of people, or, or New York for that matter. It's just a lot of people in a small area, and um, just very blessed to um, to not be there, you know, right now. So I, I thank my wife for us making that move in uh, in July of last uh, last summer. I think she has a little bit of an intuition going. Well, and and uh, I'm glad you did that, and it is important that. Uh, these people who are on the front lines uh, be safe too. And part of their safety is up to the rest of us doing what we're told we should do, which is to keep a distance and, you know, and, and keep everybody safe. Um, I, I want to return. You, you brought up something that I think is fascinating. And I encounter people almost daily who go, I haven't a clue how to use this thing. And, and you just mentioned it. And that's LinkedIn. Um, I have a lot of connections on LinkedIn. I don't use it to its full benefit at all, but uh, I encounter people, and we'll talk about LinkedIn, and, and nobody seems to know how to make LinkedIn work for them successful. Now, I had a client, a, a, a doctor who wanted to change his career, and he came to me, consulted everything he did, and every job he got and every interview he had was as a result of LinkedIn. So maybe because you said, you know, this is what you use, that you can give some tips and suggestions for networking or for making your LinkedIn presence a, a positive experience for those people who go, I haven't a clue what to do with this thing or how they get people it, to even come to their profile. It's a different piece than yeah, Facebook. I mean, so. 
Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a completely different thing than, I mean, on on Facebook, depending, a lot of people use Facebook for, um, you know, if they're songwriters and um, singers and actors and performers, you know, sometimes they'll have two of them and, and things like that. I, I've kind of um, made it, while I do have professional, um, especially I've got picked up a lot of local people, you know, now um, on Facebook, but you know, I, I when I'm on LinkedIn, it's it's very it's it's you it's like going to uh, you know a little bit more of a corporate environment where you know it, you don't necessarily joke on it and um, you know that type of things or you know it's not a it's not an instrument for pranking or uh, politicizing. Um, I you know I don't do any politics on um, on LinkedIn. So, you know, what I what I do is obviously you go in and you put in your work history. Um, and then what it'll do is it'll sometimes tell you, uh, it'll list some of your coworkers that, um, that you've worked with, you know, previously. So, you know, I'll have places like um, NBC Universal or DreamWorks or um, Sony or, or things like that. And uh, as I put them into my work history, um, it'll say so and so worked there, and um, so then I'll I'll go and I'll add them, and then I'll look and see what they're doing, you know. If so if they're working at Netflix now or at um, you know a, stre- a streaming service, um, I'll you know I'll connect with them and then ask them, you know, it's just like, are there any openings over there? Are there any projects or anything? <clears throat> Rex, can you can you riff for thirty seconds? I'm gonna get some water. And I hope that you will stay yeah. with us. I, I, we have uh, seen to solve some of the technical issues that were uh, bunching up towards the beginning of the show. I don't know whether it's better to have technical issues up front because people tune out or at the end. But uh, I hope you made it this far and that you'll continue to listen. And uh, and find great value in my guests' uh, expertise and experience as uh, producer, director, and and post production specialist in movies. Now we're talking LinkedIn, and uh, if you you know, I have always said that if you want to you want a career in Hollywood, it's it's to your benefit to add value to whomever you're seeking work with. This whole in it for yourself stuff doesn't work anymore. You have to you have to add value and contribute. And when somebody somebody near you is successful, instead of being envious, be happy because it means that that someone around you is successful. It could happen to you too. Um, the easiest way to navigate a career is to be respectful and to be kind, to be a good person, add value to a project, be a team player, and 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 know your stuff. And when you do that then then doors can open for you. And now with Jeff returning and we'll talk LinkedIn. Are you there, Jeff? Yep, Not I'm yet. there. Okay. Yeah, it's a, oh, you are here. It's a, it's a, it's a small it's a small world out there. And I, I've always said um today's PA is tomorrow's producer. Um and, you know and I've had um you know situations where, you know, I've been, you know, really nice to always nurturing and nice and help to um support a PA and things like that. And then it comes around when they're a producer, they're going to start throwing you work because you were, you know, nice to them. So, I mean, it's always, there's no real benefit to kind of being uh, not nice 
um, to people. It's 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 always better to um, to do that, and and then people you know respect you as a professional. So you know, in regarding the other LinkedIn things, so you can connect with former coworkers and thereby expand your um, job seeking uh, network with that. And then the other thing is is um, reposting um, articles. So I, obviously, I, uh, because of my four years in virtual reality and uh, augmented reality, I will go. I get a lot of articles, you know, for those. And I'm a, a member of the um, uh, virtual and augmented uh, reality um, association, and um, so I get a lot of info on that that other people aren't really, um, you know, privy to and, and things. So, so I'll I'll repost those articles in. Um, and then in you know some of my other groups, uh, let's say a Facebook group, um, I'm I've been in Rex knows this because um, I've been pretty active in, in some of the things like um, the Wisconsin Film uh, Tax uh, Film Incentives, um, which is an organization that we're trying to get happening. Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying it's the Wisconsin Film Incentive. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's something we actually had, um, you know, at a film festival, I was going to be on a panel, um, talk, talking about that, but, um, there's a, a Facebook group for that. And, um, you know, when I see things, great things happening in, in Chicago with what they've done, um, I'll always post those type types of articles. Um, so, you know, I, I try to be, I try to be positive, um, well, you need to be positive when you do things on, on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, and I guess I, I should practice what I preach a little bit more because my wife has, um, has uh, mentioned, it, uh, mentioned it to me, you know, that to always be, always be positive on your social uh, media things. And despite, our, you, know, the, you know, our current political situation, um, you know, is you need to, you know, we're still all in this together and, you know, we need to um, – uh, you know, be positive. And uh, so, yeah, one of the other things that I do on LinkedIn is um, I do write articles. Um, and one of my China trips, actually, I was commissioned to um, write an article, uh, do an interview and write an article. And I was introduced to the head of um, Anheuser-Busch Asia. So it was interesting at yeah. that time, um, what I was talking to him about was um, how they were using augmented reality. Um, over there, and China's actually way ahead of us in the augmented uh, uh, reality aspect. And you know what they did because augmented re- there's two two things about um, virtual and augmented reality. And I'm kind of veering a little bit, but virtual reality is where you put a headset on, and everything is made up. You can't see anything in um, you know b- besides the you know the headset and what's created inside the headset, unless there's cameras. Which, but that's kind of all hokey. Augmented reality is like Pokemon Go on your phone, where you point your phone, um, the phone maps the environment, and then we'll either add like a heads-up display or a creature or pop-ups talking about the, if you, you can. Uh, there's maps that you can walk along the sidewalk, and, and it'll show um, you very different, various and different things. So what they came up with in China was a way to um, take a, a shot of a beer bottle. And then they would they would send you a a bottle of free beer. You put in your information. They'd send you a bottle of free beer. And then when you went out in China, 
um, it would actually send you coupons for bars, restaurants, uh, you know, and, and things like that. And all that was based off of giving you that free beer, you putting in your birthday, and then it started tracking and, and going around, which, you know, may or may not be a good thing. But if you get, it's, you know, it's just like um, right. the, other, the other coupon services and stuff like that, if you're going to go someplace and they're going to give you something for free, then then that's the that's what the advertiser is willing to give to you for you in return giving them your information you know where where you're going so um so one of the other things that the that their app did was you could actually order beer which would be pr- very handy in the in the US right now um you could order beer like a 12 pack or a case and one of those little three-wheeled electric uh, uh, bikes would deliver it in three to four hours in the major cities, um, you know, at the time. So, so it was interesting to hear what China was doing on, on that. And I was paid to write an, uh, an article and, and flew business class to China. And the other, the other person that I interviewed was um, a lady that, um, that sells makeup. And what they were doing at, at that time, and this was about a year and a half ago, you could point the camera at your face and then um, add makeup to it. So uh, it was one of the things that the, the young women in China like to do is they like to have a different look every day. So they could experiment with that look. So I wrote two articles. They pr- were published on LinkedIn. They were seen by a couple thousand people. And then what that did to me uh, image-wise or influencer-wise is that I was seen as an international, um, uh, you know, international expert on augmented reality and virtual reality. So that's the best thing. You know, I wouldn't necessarily call myself necessarily an influencer like people do. And I, I really hate that when people say um, they put on their, their titles. And there's a ton of them all over on um on LinkedIn it says influencer and futurist, you know, and it's just like, well, how can we have like, like 2000 futurists? Um, so you should just list what you are. If you're an actor, you're an actor. And if you're, you know, a director or a camera guy and, and, and things like that, there's a lot of phony t- titles, I think. Um, the other thing is to, you know, it's just like a resume, you know, you should be, professional about what you put on, you know, your site, um, you know, list your credits and accomplishments and, and things like that. But, um, but don't get called out in a, caught out in something that's untrue on, on your um, listing. Um, also, you know, you should, it's, it's just common courtesy to only list things that, um, you know, that, uh, that you've accomplished and, and things like that. So and maybe that answers a little bit about LinkedIn. Um, anything else, Rex? Well, did you say that you got paid to do an article through LinkedIn? That that that's how you traveled to China and business class? Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't paid by LinkedIn. It was paid by um No, by by, by a client, but it got you through LinkedIn? Yes, absolutely. See that's the kind of thing that so people want to to also benefit from is you know, how do I get a paid gig? How do I how do I, you know, turn what my knowledge is and my expertise is into a, a, a paying 
job uh, or a career versus, you know, I'm on social media and everybody, you know, likes me, but nothing happens. So that's awesome. I mean, that that's why I, I point that out. Yeah, it, it's it, it's great. I mean, I really enjoy. The other thing is, is that um, with the two two things that I did that were really um, uh, really great that still pay off was the the stereo movies that I did at the time when stereo movies were you know very trendy and and, and things like that. I was um, kind of deemed as a, as an expert, so I was offered to go to travel to lecture um, on panels, and I got. Um, from that, I got uh, my wife and I went to Paris twice, um, which included um, a trip to Cannes and, and things like that to to visit friends. And so, you know, that was a that was a really good thing. And that one was from uh, that was from LinkedIn. And then um, I went to Switzerland twice, uh, talking about virtual reality. Um, I think it's two years ago now, but um, but yeah, you know, so you get. Uh, once you get to that point where if you're if you like doing panels and you like talking like I do, um, you <laughs> sometimes too much. Uh, the um, it's there's great opportunities once you start doing these panels and things like that. That the panel producers um, like to uh, like you know like to have you on, and a lot of times that'll involve a um, it may not involve pay, but it, it'll it involve another. Uh, moment to uh, promote yourself and and really that's what it's kind of all about is you know it's 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 a business you know if you're a freelancer um, you know you got to be out there promoting yourself and you know a lot of times sometimes when you work for a big company if you're not in necessarily a, a higher role but you have expertise in a particular area that like maybe no one else has and th- and things like that that's a, still an opportunity that, um, I mean, there, there was many times where, you know, I had some employers that um, weren't necessarily fond of me, um, you know, going to, going to Paris and, um, you know, like, you know, I, I couldn't necessarily represent them there, but I would, you know, I would promote myself as a stereo colorist and, um, you know, and a, and a film, a film finishing expert in that area and, and things like that. So, it's important to do that type of um, self-promotion. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, uh, Rex knows I'll, I'll put out, um, you know, I publicize this, you know, I, Rex, I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and um, be able to talk with you and talk to your, you know, get to know your audience a little bit. But, um, yeah, self-promotion is very important. LinkedIn is part of that. And, um, uh, you know, especially now, um, Developing your uh, your broadcast channels, your YouTube, um, to have your reel out there, um, whether you be an actor, a sound person, a visual effects person, an editor, whatever. I mean, you have to have a reel. If you don't have a reel, you know, it's just like picture or it doesn't exist. Um, uh, gone are the days of, um, you know, they're not completely gone, but I'd imagine the whole thing of how um, auditions go in Los Angeles are going to be a whole other deal. And, um, you know, one of the things that when, um, as the, as the crisis um, starts to go down and all these shows, you know, need to start getting um, 
uh, talent, you know, ready for it, that um, interviews over the um, YouTube uh, YouTube interview or, you know, Google chat interviews, um, having your reel on YouTube and all that stuff is really going to be crucial to, um, to getting your, um, getting yourself out there and in your brand. You know, I've had people, you know, tell me, you know, it's like you need to really develop your brand so that there is, you know, uh, Jeff Ohm, you know, is the, uh, Kleenex of post-production or something like that. <laughs> so exactly. you know, I, I think that's really important. Well, I'm glad you brought this, these different areas up. It is, um, I've booked, you know, as an actor, I've booked a number of jobs remotely through self-tape or self-audition or even Skype. I mean, I would prefer to be like on a Skype audition and read with a reader than to, you know, set my camera up and have to have now, especially if some people are isolated alone, they don't have somebody who can read the script. Uh, so, you know, I, I think a, a Skype meeting, Skype interview makes a lot of sense. It, it has historically been the case that a lot of people walk into a casting director's office and they put their hand out and, and as my casting director friends say, you know, we're all germaphobes. Don't shake our hands because, you know, when you're sitting behind a desk and you're seeing, you know, 20 or 30 or 50 or 100 people a day, you don't want to be shaking their hands, you know, and, and cleaning your hands all day. Well, now, given what we're going through right now, you know, people are saying, well, you know, the Japanese had it right. You should bow with respect and not be touching each other. Um, I had a friend, Dick Miller, who very, you may not know his name, but a very recognizable uh, character actor who died uh, about a year, two years ago, I guess, maybe January, he was 90. I've known him, you know, for 40, 40, 50 years, 40, 40 or 45 years, I guess. Um, I was about 18, and I guess Dick would have been about 50. And uh, he had started in the original Bucket of Blood, the original Little Shop of Horrors, and and um, it, everything that Demi has done. Jonathan Demi was a big fan and put him to work. I mean, anyway, Dick would never shake in during uh, flu season. When, when fall, Christmas time came, you know, he would uh, he would pinky lock with somebody or bump fists way before fists were in or just say, no, you know, because um, you go, hey, it's flu season. So um, things are changing the way we interact with each other. I mean, hopefully we can still give hugs and all that kind of stuff after this is all over and we're not too paranoid. But um, But I think what you have said in terms of, the industry may change very much and may go to far more remote kinds of, um, I'm going to share an anecdotal story that uh, is not a real positive one, but, um, in the, probably the mid seventies, I was at Charles band studio for an interview with Charles band and his dad. And, and, um, I met a guy and he told me his name and he said, we were talking, he said, you know, I'm a mafia Hitman, and uh, I've stolen over five hundred thousand cars, five hundred cars, and I've done this and the other thing. And I'm, and I'm sure my eyes probably widened, and he went, but, but you know, I'm reformed. And in fact, I'm going to be on the Tomorrow Show with Tom Snyder in April, and I'm going to be talking about reform. I've been in prison, and I'm now, you know, a good guy. So, and then I would run into him at Schwab's Rust and everything. This is, you know, maybe February or March or something, but, it, but sure enough. Uh, in April, I tuned in on the show, and there he was talking to Tom Snyder. 
he had, the, I think, the whole hour. And uh, at the end, they'd run out of time. And he said, well, I just want to, I want to read this poem on, on prison reform. Now, prior to, I'm going to backpedal here a little bit, not backpedal, but, but give you some backstory. Prior to this, I have walked into the producer's office. I've walked into lots. I walked into Roger Corman's office and said, I'd like to speak with Roger. They go, okay. I mean, I was just an actor and I said, nobody. But the access that you had to people was was really very different. You could, they were very difficult. You'd look for, you know, leads to send your picture and resumes to the production guides and the reporter and in the um, and variety. There was a one-sheet photocopied in those days. They probably called it mimeograph page called the Dramalog, which later became a kind of slick, you know, saddle-stapled magazine with casting and, and stories. But you could submit yourself and you could you could say, hey, you know, I'm here. Could I read or could I audition or I just wanted to meet you? And you could go into different offices and people were fairly welcoming to the show. So the show ends. They're running the credits while this guy is doing his poem. And about a month later or so, he goes apparently to, I believe it was producer's studio at the time, and he goes into an office and he shoots a guy in the head. It was a 22 caliber pistol and it didn't go penetrate the guy's skull. It, it grazed his skull. So he flees the office and the producer grabs a pistol out of his desk and runs and bellies down in the driveway of the studio and pumps five bullets into this guy who had double parched from the studio with his wife and small baby in the backseat of this convertible Cadillac. He gets shot in the neck, the chest, the leg, you know, whatever. He's shot five times. He drives two, three blocks where he collapses and his wife drives him to the hospital. It shows up as a little blurb in the Hollywood Reporter that, that this guy had done this, blah, blah, blah. But Hollywood shut down. You could not go on the studios anymore. You could not say hello to producers. You could not submit yourself any longer. It was you have your agent send a you know a picture and resume. I mean, or or maybe it went to mail at that point, and then later it went to agent submissions only. But Hollywood went on lockdown. They went, you know, we're not going to let nutbags in here with you know and risk our safety. And uh, so I didn't know what ever happened to this guy until around 1987 or 88. I happened to be in Wisconsin. I was walking through the Union at the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, and someone had the Geraldo show on. And I stopped to look at it for whatever reason. And there were these two guys wearing wigs and fake beards, and they start yelling at each other about who's the bigger mafia guy. And uh, the one guy says, well, I'll take off my my, – wig and stuff. I'm not afraid and he, and he strips it off. And it's the guy. His name, I think his name is Michael Harden. And, and uh, it's the guy from uh, you know, 10 or 15 years earlier, or whatever it was, I think it was mid-70s, mid so, you know, 10 years earlier, who had done this thing in, in uh, at the studios. So that's just a little anecdotal tale, but the point being is that we don't know you know, how this is all going to shake out in terms of new ways of connecting and new ways of introducing yourself, new calling cards, uh, new ways of auditioning. Uh, I really like your advice. You have to have a reel. You probably need a website. You need some form of presence. And now is the time to do it. You know, if you work a nine-to-five job and you can't do, then this is the time to, to, to put all your ducks in a row and cross your T's and, and dot your I's and, and get your career together. 
So that's yeah, that's a little Hollywood that's, history. No, that's <laughs> that's a terrible story. That's, oh, <laughs> I think that's, they uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, you you did have the disclaimer. Yeah, I mean it, it is um, you know especially in Los Angeles, it's uh, access to people is is definitely you know very limited. You know especially you know like the the CAA buildings and you know to get uh, to get in to to see anybody, you know and, and things like that. But um, yeah, the oh the, yeah, different world. Video, um, you know, video and streaming and your reels. And, you know, and everything like that are the most important things. And you know, right now, yeah, take advantage of it. Um, take take your time. If you're if you're a writer, write. If you're an actor, put your reel together. Um, you know, you know, it it may be difficult because maybe some of the data tied up at a. Um, but now, you know, most most shows are streamed. You know, if you had a um, if yeah. you had a small part role, it's it's not that. It's not that difficult to um, to rip a, a, a download a, a, a YouTube um, you know broadcast of something or you know even even something like that to you know to use for your um, your self promotion you know now you take the time you know to do that and and there's um, you know there's you can use iMovie if you have a Mac you know use iMovie to put it together um, that you know that's another good um, you know uh, I moved off Macs. Um, after after my last job, I had a um, I had a, a Mac, but when it was time to um, to upgrade to a new computer, I got a big um, I have a big in, in, uh, a big Alienware um, computer now because I needed to be able to do um, virtual reality. So there's less uh, simple editing programs on available um, on on Windows, but um, if you're a Mac person, you guys get iMovie. And it's it's very simple to um, download uh, your shows, your shorts, or you know your acting things, uh, and then put put that reel together yourself. I mean, it doesn't need to um, have all kinds of whiz bang graphics. Well, you know, it's simple enough to drag and drop stuff. But yeah, so I, I would definitely um, you know sometimes I forget being off Mac um, how powerful iMovie is, and I mean when. Uh, I used to, you know, use an iPad, and you know, and uh, I've edited on my iPad, and I really liked it that that interface, and I think that's really, you know, one of the things where just simple drag and drop on a touchscreen is going to be one of the new technologies. Obviously, um, you know, with uh, Iron Man and the, his heads-up display is very much like augmented reality. Or um, minor- I worked on Minority Report, you know, which was a really long time ago. That um, they had basically um, kind of what the Hololens has now, where you have an object floating that you can go and touch and move things around. And um, you know, the the interfaces, the technology, and and everything is really improving, um, you know, a, a lot. And um, I guess the other thing that you know that I hadn't thought of is. Now's a good time to maybe pick up a you know pick up a new skill, you know if you um, you know wanted to um, learn more about a, a certain thing you know whether it be Excel programs or um, you know script writing programs or you know things like that. I mean everybody should take the time to to learn a new skill you know right now and then you know then when we come out of this you know you're a, you're a better person or maybe a musical instrument. Um, 
uh, you know, expand your horizons, you know, uh, you know, a little bit. And, um, you know, people shouldn't be moping around in their houses or anything like that. Or, um, you know, is take the, you know, take this time, take advantage to, you know, spend more time with your kids and, um, you might not be able to, you can go out and play in your backyard and, you know, and things like that. But, um, you know, take advantage of the time that you have and um, improve yourself, learn a skill, learn an instrument, put together your reel, update your resume, and, you know, just use this time to prepare to um, to move on to a, a bigger and better world when, you know, when we all are able to escape out from this. Uh, excellent advice, and I'm also going to say for those people who listen in the future, because this is a, 11 years after I started my first show, um, somebody may be listening 11 years from now, and it may not have anything to do with quarantines or even have a, a memory of what happened. So, But the point being is you can always use the time available you have to learn to do new things and to master new you know, hobbies and activities, become skilled at what it is that you want to do, and, and turn that uh, into an asset for yourself. So the advice, whether you're quarantined or not, uh, whether it makes sense or not down the road, um, is, is, you know, act on your own best interest and also act in the best interest of the others around you. Jeff, we have about you know, 13, 14 minutes left, and um, I want to come back to your film projects that you've got coming up and, and that you're working on. And I want to thank you for all the advice that you've given uh, and for all the suggestions you you have done for everybody um, so far. It's been fabulous, and I appreciate it. Um, so you've got some documentaries, and you've got some narrative projects. You've got some with Dan Davies and with other people. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope I, 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 this this will be a, 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 when it comes time, I would love to be able to audition for you. I hope they're SAG so I can work in them. But if not, I understand. <laughs> As many people will say likewise. Uh, but so let's let's which which of your projects are you? I mean, you've got some that you're currently working on, and then some that are coming down the road. What talk about whichever you wish to, and and in your I mean, you're producing and you're directing. You're going to co-direct with Dan, and I think so. Which one? Yeah. Which one? Um, the the biggest the biggest one that I'm most passionate about and um, you know is is on a bit of a hold right now because um, is the um, the farm aid um, project uh-huh. that I um, titled off uh, farm state and um, you know the over the course of the last year two years you know there's been a lot of difficulties for farmers and. You know, now a nice thing about um, I'm not a farmer myself, but um, I, I play one on my farm. The uh, there you go. That the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, farmers have really, and especially the family farms, have really gone through a lot. You know, in like say the last 18 months. Um, you know, and uh, Wisconsin was the Dairyland state, and um, you know, now the, um, the number of bankruptcies, you know, are increasing, um, daily. Um, there was over, you know, between, you know, four and 500, um, farms that have gone bankrupt. And the bulk of these are family farms that many, um, some have been in the family for a hundred years and, um, they either weren't able to, ad- to adapt to a new market, um, the educational, um, you know, the, the students, the young farmers that came out of the universities, 
you know, produce, were able to, you know, just produce so much more milk that they, they saturated the market. And it was um, uh, very difficult um, for farmers um, to uh, make, make a living to be able to keep their family farm. So um, I have, um, I shot, you know, a, a good, good amount of footage um, I went to um, to Farm Aid and I uh, got interviews with a, a lot of farmers, and um, so I, I have a trailer for it, um, and I've been meaning to go and uh, and shoot more stuff, but my schedule um, you know hadn't permitted permitted it, and you know now of course you know we can't there's there's no production, so, um, right. so I'm looking forward to that in the in the in the summer to um, get back get back out to um, get more interviews. And basically what I want to do is have the farmers tell the story. And it's basically a documentary about the current situation that family farmers are going through. And um, it's a topic that should be near and dear to all all of us because they make our food. The, The food supply chain, you know, as we come out of this is going to be, you know, very important and where your food came from. And um, so some of the things that, you know, you can do to support farmers is to buy local, um, support your local restaurants that, that source their food um, local. Uh, very blessed in the this, this city that uh, where my office is, is uh, Spring Green, where they actually source everything from local farms. Many of the, um, many of the, uh, uh, the restaurants, you know, here. And uh, actually, it's kind of interesting because it's a it's an actor's town. There's a um, uh, place called uh, American uh, Playhouse Theater um, that is in Spring Green, which there's people that come to town. You know, you talk about um, affecting the economy and stuff like that. This town really um, uh, has a lot of actors that come to town and stay for the summer. And uh, that entire industry is upside down. The theaters upside down. The movies that are coming um, that are coming out now are going directly to streaming because nobody nobody is going to theaters. And um, it's uh, it's it's just interesting how how things have changed so much. But um, so yeah, that's my um, farm state project. And then um, yeah, with Dan Davies, um, there's three projects that he's um, that he's written that he'll be um, telling you about. And then um, the other project that's still in development is um, is called um, Fifty Million Fifty Million Dollar Bullet. And um, I won't go into too depth much depth on it. Um, it's a very controversial um, movie about a um, hostage situation um, in which the um, the hostage was accidentally shot by the um, uh, police officer um, as the hostage tried to escape, and um, and uh, it, you know it's kind of a it's a very controversial movie from my area of you know I grew up in a place called the Fox River Valley, Appleton, Wisconsin, and um, it's a nearby municipality that that had this industry and it kind of rocked uh, the community, so. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's one that I'm very passionate about. And, um, yeah, then, in, you know, in the meantime, is that, um, that going to be a documentary or a narrative? That is going to be narrative. Um, there's actually, uh, there's actually, a um, um, yeah, it, it's kind of, there's going to be some, there, it's going to be reenactments. Um, the, mm-hmm. what I, I, I cut the trailer and the trailer is actually on, um, 
$50 million uh, bullet uh, the uh, movie. You can look, you can look that up. Um, if you, yeah, if you just look that up on the web. And the trailer I cut um, using the actual body cam footage and the, um, and the police recordings. And what I put together was a chronological order, uh, um, in chronological order, the way it happened with actual real footage. Um, so, yeah, we're going to reenact that and, um, and go back and tell the full story. The nice thing about, um, about uh, these types of things are, is that the body cam footage actually is public domain. Um, but, you know, just by looking at the trailer, you'll be able to see what the actual event happened. And um, so, you know, we're just going to tell that story in more detail um, and obviously uh, more character development and um, yeah, so that one should be you know really exciting, um, and we should be able to um, you know now that we have the time to you know finish up that script and, and everything. When um, I think we'll probably go into uh, production on that um, in the fall, and um, uh, you know and Dan Davies and I um, will uh, co-direct that one. And um, so yeah, so that's a, a really big one. And then um, uh, Cassie Gray is um, the Madison writer. Um, I have. Um, more comedies that she's writing all the time. And uh, so I'll, I'll be doing a bunch of those. And, um, yeah, you know, it's busy. I got the Danny Villanova Jr. Uh, project um, coming up in, in a week or so. Uh, and then my international European movies wrapping up. And um, so, yeah, so for me, um, things are good. I've got, I've got a full plate. And then um, I'm working with uh, Eclipse uh, Tech, which you can look up at tech, uh, eclipsetech.co. And what we do is we offer virtual machines on the um, on the web for media creation. So I use that to um, color correct and edit the movies that I'm um, working on. And then one of the unique aspects of it is that um, uh, we offer these virtual machines to universities. So right now there's a, a large group of senior um, university students that are trying to finish up their senior projects. So um, we're seeing um, good business on that. And that's uh, in addition to doing the post-production, um, I'm the project manager um, for uh, Eclipse, uh, Eclipse Tech. And so um, I've been speaking to universities um, out in California and um, all that business is um, we're trying to help seniors graduate um, from universities by helping them finish their um, animation projects. And we provide um, the interface uh, for the cloud uh, to that and, um, and allow you to get a virtual machine and storage and basically pay by the hour for it. So, um, so I am blessed to be, um, to be very busy. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to my wife who's, um, you know, like said on the front line, she's a, um, She's a nurse at a um, skilled nursing um, facility, so um, she's working with you wow. know, people that um, are in um, in you know are of of age that it, you know it could affect them. And then I, you know I have another um, nurse I want to give a shout out to um, Angie Jaden, who's a um, nurse in, in Texas, and um, you know was, was just talking with her last night, and, and they've made her floor a uh, uh, COVID uh, floor. Um, down in Texas, so she's right in the in the thick of it right now, and um, we all need to really um, thank our first responders, our nurses, our doctors, 
and just everybody that um, has, you know, that goes out there outside and has to still do their job, the delivery drivers that, um, the people delivering food to you and, and things like that. Um, I'll throw one safety tip quick. They said if you order um, the delivery food or takeout food, is put it on your own plates and then microwave it and then throw away um, your dishes um, is uh, the safest way to deal with takeout and, uh, and delivery food. So that's my, uh, that's my health shout-out and safety tips for everyone. And hopefully uh, in five years from now when people – uh, hear this that we'll have solved all these crises and um, we'll, it'll be a better world. Well, hopefully, what we'll have learned are some important hygiene tips. Uh, you know, there's that's only people who, up until you know now, where people are um, more adamantly told to stay indoors or only travel when absolutely necessary. They're saying when you come home, the second you get home, throw your clothes in the wash and take a shower. Don't wear your clothes. Don't sit on your chairs. Don't you know. Uh, because you may be carrying the virus into your home, and it can live on apparently flat surfaces for up to nine days, or it can live in hair and different things, and or on your fibers or whatever. I, you know, um, so it, 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 whether or not all of these measures are absolutely necessary, it, it makes sense to err on the side of caution to make sure you, a loved one, and even a stranger, is safe and kept from you know, spreading this disease to, to others. So, um, yeah, there's a lot going on. And uh, I really appreciate uh, your expertise and your input. Your concern for others, you know, this one is paramount to, to everything else. And But but your career, um, the, 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 what you've shared in, in terms of the ideas of networking or getting your career together, the LinkedIn advice and all the different things that we've talked about today, um, there are... At this point, there are you know, whatever the sound issues were in the weird stuff in the beginning of the episode. Maybe we can get those edited. But the um, but I really do uh, appreciate the fact that uh, that you've been here, and and I really appreciate the fact that your wife is on the front lines. And you know, we all pray and hope and wish you know for her safety and for her health as well as yours. Um, <clears throat> So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up the show, and uh, and I just want to say thank you so much. This has been a fascinating time, and I really appreciate you being here. I'm going to call you back in just a little bit, but I'm going to say goodbye on the air for now, Jeff, and uh, okay. and wish you well, and uh, and thank you so much. Best to you, everybody. Stay safe out there, and um, and we'll get through this. Thank you very much, Rex, for your time. Appreciate it. And- you bet. One one last thing. Anywhere that you want to send them, you know. Uh, yeah, send them. Look, repeat, me, uh, look me up on uh, look me up on LinkedIn, and um, and then uh, all my stuff is on there. Um, feel free to message me, um, add me on there, and then uh, that that'd be great. I look forward to hearing any additional questions, um, and uh, look forward to networking uh, with you in the future. Fantastic. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Rex. That was Mr. Jeff Ohm, and he spells his last name O-L-M. So Jeff Ohm, find him on LinkedIn, and you can always listen to this discussion that we've had and share it with your film friends and your film fans and the people who will benefit from the information and the expertise that Jeff has shared for you and me and each of us so that we can move forward with what we do. I really appreciate having him as a guest. 
I also want to draw your attention to a recent guest. I have uh, two shows with Michael Pfeiffer. Michael is responsible for writing and producing and directing uh, a slew of movies, and we talk both uh, production and post-production and distribution in the two different episodes. So, so look for these recent shows where Rex Knight's movie detox with Michael Pfeiffer. Almost every day uh, or every month, Michael's got movies showing on television or on or online, streaming somewhere, uh, because he's done a uh, hundred or more of them. He's directed 60 at least. He's uh, written 40 at least, and he's produced, I think, 100. Uh, and Peter Shireko. Peter is a Western histor- historian and author, actor, producer, and he owns Caravan um, West.com, a production company, and, and uh, outfits and provide, pro- pro- provides guns and sets and props and a, a, a movie ranch and even you know, full-dressed extras uh, for production. And um, Dan Davies, who we've talked about, shot uh, one of his scenes from West of Thunder at Peter's Ranch 10 years ago, I'm going to guess it was, 2008 or nine or whenever. And uh, and Peter's been a friend for a long time. So Michael Pfeiffer, Peter um, Shireko, and Jeff Ohm, three shows right now that uh, are yours to share, to listen to, and to benefit from. Uh, you can always visit me at at uh, my website is gratitudeactivator.com. That's gratitude, just like the word sounds, and activator, just like the word sounds, uh, as one word, gratitudeactivator.com, or I'll give you an easier one. It'll take you to my idea. Uh, that's my blog. My idea seminars website is, is NLP. That's N is in now, L is in let's, P is in party, now let's party online, one word, dot com. Now let's party online, dot com. It's not devoted to the movies. RexSykes.com is. Um, NLPOnline.com will take you to Idea Summaries, which is a, a, a training site, online learning and education for when you want to uh, feel better about yourself and make your career happen, communicate better, and make the personal and professional changes you need in order to uh, live more successfully, happier, healthier, and wealthier. And so it's, it'll take you to Idea Seminars, which is my uh, training company. I am so pleased that you've been listening today and uh, and will join me the next time around when we talk to Susan Shireko coming up on Thursday, the 26th, and then Dan Davies on Sunday, the 29th. Be sure to tune in live and or listen to the recorded shows. The very same link you use to listen live is the very same link you use to listen to the recorded show. All the best to everybody. Get your movies done, your projects, complete them, and get them out there. Be safe, be healthy, and travel well or not during this time. But but may all of you be blessed. Much love, blessings, and peace. So that's it for me. Have a great day, and uh, and enjoy. <laughs>